Welcome to Share Truth, Apply Scripture, where we like to take everything serious, pretty much except for ourselves. In studio, we've got Jordan Shambly and Wesley. Guys, is, is it just me, or has it been a while since we've been together? You since know, we've been whole as like we, a family. We've been a together. family. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're in the family. No, it's, okay. it's not you. It's definitely been a while. I know for me, you know, this time of year I'm traveling a lot, so it's good to be back in the studio. Yeah. Well, and what we're talking about today, um, it's, it's something that I think is very interesting, at least for me. I've really enjoyed preparing for this, and we're talking about assumptions that people make about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And specifically in this program, we're talking about those who are lost and the assumptions that they have, especially people who have never really read the Bible for themselves. Now, before we get too far into this, I do want to make the comment, we're not talking about assumptions that people like Richard Dawkins would make about the Bible. Uh, Most of the time, their assumptions are things that we're never going to meet people with those same assumptions, right? We want to kind of stick low to the ground and say these are assumptions that people have about the Bible, and they're the assumptions that uh, that we would actually face out in the real world. And we hope that it becomes somewhat of a witnessing tool, you know, absolutely, some, you know, kind of help mm-hmm. trigger your right. And that's why we did along those lines. Yeah, yeah, because we're called to always be able to give an answer, sure. right? So if we're thinking through, okay, what are the wrong assumptions that people have about the Bible, or even what are questions people have? that are based on a wrong assumption. Right. And to me, that's always mm. a, a beneficial conversation. And the first one I want to talk about is the one, I think everybody, everybody, and I'm going to say this universally, <laughs> before becoming a believer, maybe sometimes after becoming <laughs> a believer for some, that will say the Bible is boring yeah. and repetitive. If you've ever read Leviticus, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, but we'll say the Bible is uh-huh. repetitive and boring. And so how do we combat that? I mean, how do we respond to that? I think I think it's safe to say that some people, yeah, sure it is. I mean, like you said, Leviticus is sometimes a struggle for me to get through. Oh, yeah. And I'm tempted, mm-hmm. can I just not skip this one and just like, yeah. go to the Psalms or when you or go to like the genealogies. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think that's something to, for Christians to struggle with, like how to... Like, in prayer is teach me like what what I need to uh, ha- take from this, but that's from the Christian point of view. Mm-hmm. For the lost point of view, I think it's like yeah, it is going to be boring to you because you're not interested in it, mm. right? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just going to add this: the Bible is written. There's a bunch of different things we could say the Bible is written for, but there's one primary thing the Bible is written for, and that is the progressive revelation of God. Mm-hmm. Period. For the believer. God is our king. Jesus is our king, right? Mm-hmm. And if this book, this collection of books is written to reveal that king, mm. why would it be interesting to someone who Jesus is not their king? Right. Yeah. And and also too it also could have to do with the way understanding, you know, the scripture because as far as the like the way they're laid out, because I mean, at one point, if we can, maybe I'm the only one here, but I'll be the first one if I am. If I'm not, y'all can jump in. But at one point, you know, early on, I thought that the Bible was written in like um, chronological order. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that way, yeah. it was it wasn't as much. I don't know about 
the boring and repetitive part, but like it was like this is kind of confusing because it's like why are we going yeah. from here to here? Like it didn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, I understand so understanding that. the sections uh-huh. of it. Yeah, understand well it, the different genres of yes. it, the the different timelines. I mean, if you're um yeah, you know, because Job, many people will say Job was the first book written. It right, predates right. all of them. So, um, so yeah, I think in understanding where the books are coming from, understanding when they were written, their audiences, their writer, all of those things. There's different reasons why it could be boring or, you know, re- yeah. seem repetitive, you right. know, for... Well, yeah, yes. I mean, if you come into a movie, you know, 45 minutes into it, and you know nothing about it, and you just jump in and like... <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah. I don't care if it's the best movie in the world. If you know nothing about it and you jump in 45 minutes into it, you're going to be bored. Yeah. But so when it comes to the Bible, we need to kind of have that same, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. So if you do come across someone, and and I want to spend a minute here and and ask this, if we come across someone who says, I am just, I'm I'm lost, I'm not interested Mm -hmm. in God, the Bible is boring, how do we respond? What do we say? Well, I would look at uh, well, one thing I've always done is I've pointed people, hey, look, have you read the book of uh, John, you know, the mm-hmm. Gospel of John? You start there. But then understanding, you know, for me, I would assume that person hasn't, maybe, maybe hasn't experienced a salvational uh, mm-hmm. experience. There has to be another alternative reason for someone to say that because even though at times, as a born again Christian, I may think that I know there's more than that, right. you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And so I would probably start with something along those lines, like, hey, if you um, do you, are you a Christian? You know, if so, what's your story? Yeah. Uh, something along those lines. But also, I would go back. I've I, there's a a real a real um, one of my favorite tools is uh, it's called Clarifying the Bible by uh, Pastor Mitch Mayer hmm. or Minor Mayer. Well, we'll get you know, that in the link. We'll put it in the link. But uh, it's a it's an incredible twenty. Uh, and what was question, that called again? Uh, clarifying the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's a incredible tool that gives you twenty questions. And it kind of it starts off with breaking down, uh, answering the question that the Bible is inspired and authoritative, and God Himself who who uh, wrote it. But then at the same time, it also goes through, like I said, how there's there's um, you got historical books, mm-hmm. you got poetical mm-hmm. books, and it just breaks down, just as like I said, clarifying the simplifying yeah. Yeah. the Bible. And so then when you when you when you see that, it's like, oh, now I really want to go over and read this because yeah. of that reason. And yeah, so you under- yeah, you yeah. explain it a little bit. Yeah. I think another thing is um, people who are lost in I think if you're lost, you tend to think the Bible is boring, mm. um, is because you don't realize that you need it. Mm. You yeah, don't. Right. You don't have that weight, the realization that you are lost and your soul is at stake. If you knew that, the Bible becomes the most in- interesting and important thing because right. that's where the truth is. Sure. And so I think a response to those people would would be to uh, help them realize that the truth about their souls and the truth about what's actually at stake. Yeah, Yeah, so what I think we're both kind of getting to is that someone seeing the Bible is boring, especially if they're lost, that's not the biggest concern. Yeah, exactly. That's a fruit of a Mm. bigger concern, and we need to address that. So Mm. um, because if they're – and this is just kind of what I've seen. If someone thinks the Bible is boring, Mm. then they think God is boring. Mm Mm-hmm. And until we can say, your need is God, then once they understand that, once the Holy Spirit does His work, all of a sudden a passion for Scripture is birthed in them. Yeah. And, and to me, that's one of the signs of regeneration, that we have a desire for Scripture, because it is the Word of God, and apart from the Holy Spirit, we're really not going to have a big desire mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. There's, Go ahead. I was going to say, you're listening to Share Truth, Live <laughs> Scripture, go. and you can go to EngageMagazine.net. We have several articles on our website that have to do 
with uh, apologetics have to do with understanding scripture and people's experience and how they've used it as a witnessing tool so go to engagemagazine.net and there you can find out uh, more about our youtube channel that we are trying to refresh and and revive so Mm -hmm. go there and check it out yeah absolutely so now this may just be something particular to the circles i run in um i've never been afraid to talk about the fact that i love books i love literature (laughs) i love reading um all All those types all all the time um (laughs) and so some of the circles i run in will say well the bible is it's great literature and, and they'll say, oh, well, it's got, you know, it's it's well-written prose, it's poetry, it's wisdom literature, and all those things are true. But they'll turn right around and say, it's great literature, but it's just like every other literature, like Shakespeare and Homer and all of these different things. Um, hmm. Have you guys ever run across that, or is that, just, is that just me? I don't think I've run across it personally, but I know it's out there. Um, and honestly, I don't know how to deal with that. Because, okay. Where do you begin with that? Because this gets me excited because I love I love no. responding yeah, yeah, to yeah. this. So let's let, let, let you answer the question. <laughs> since you, since you know I, wanted the question. Get, I wanted to throw it out there, but I, this is how I, I typically respond. I say, "Was Jesus a good man?" Okay, yeah. And if the answer is yes, I say, "Okay, either he's a good man or he's crazy, mm. because he made claims that a good man can't make, mm-hmm. right? Unless they're true." Mm-hmm. In the same way, the Bible cannot be a good book unless it's inspired, because it Mm. makes claims that it claims are true, all right? right? That that if it makes these claims and they're not true, then it's not a good book. It's a dangerous book. Yeah. But the fact that it's true means that it must be more than literature. Yeah, you have to do something with it. When you you come to the Bible and you come to especially the person of Jesus Christ, you're at a crossroads. You have to do something. You have to make a decision. And I've never been at a crossroads with Shakespeare. No, <laughs> I love Shakespeare. I've read, uh, I think, all of Shakespeare. I may be missing mm. a few plays here and there. But I never hit the point in reading Shakespeare. It was like, okay, now my life will be different because of a decision <laughs> I make regarding this Shakespeare right. play. Yeah. Mm. Right? I can say, oh, I like this Shakespeare, or oh, I don't like this Shakespeare, and there's a few I don't like. <laughs> but um, now what Shakespeare that's not... Where did I go in there? Okay. But, <laughs> but none of that had an eternal impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Right. right. What we make with make what we do with scripture mm. will have that eternal impact. All right guys, we've just got a few minutes left here and I'll hit one that I know you guys have um, brushed up against. The Bible is imperfect written by imperfect men and therefore it is an imperfect book. Yeah, well, you know that there first of all, when people talk about there being imperfections in scripture and there being errors, that's true to an extent. Um, and they would, and those errors have to do with grammatical errors. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there are textual variants. Textual variant. That's mm-hmm. the, that, the word is the better, more accurate term to use instead of errors is variances. Right. Yep. And so there are variances uh, there. And um, there's a really good YouTube, um, three or four minute YouTube video out there that we'll post up by Frank Turk, and he walks through that, gives a, a graphical, uh, an mm-hmm. image that he can walk through and explain how that takes place. But that's it. And in, in, in those variances, there's far less than 1% of the scriptures that are have to do with variances. Right, yeah. And in those far less than 1% of variances, none of them have to do at all yeah. with any doctrinal yeah. Uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. there are people who have studied this and who have made the lists and Men, they've much done the smarter work. than us. Yeah, so as far as the, the work. so as far as the errors, as far as the the argument 
that mm-hmm. there's that it's full of errors. That's that would be my answer mm-hmm. to that. But then on the other hand, when it talks about uh, what was the other part of that you're talking about, written by imperfect written men. By, well, that is a true statement. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> it is. Absolutely, yeah. it is. So, well, this yeah. is always my question. All right, I, I like what to, would be the point because yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, one of the things I like to do is turn a question kind of on its head yeah. and I uh, say, okay, mm. but how do we know that there are textual variants? Mm. We know that. There are words we have today, specifically the ending of Mark, um, mm-hmm. that was not in the original manuscripts. Mm-hmm. But how do we know that? We know that because we know what was in the original manuscripts. Right. Right, um, yeah. Because we have studied these things, because we mm. do have textual criticism, because we do have these disciplines that help us understand the Bible. Yeah. And we're going to continue discussing that. We're going to continue discussing how can we answer these assumptions about the Bible from the lost world coming up in the next segment of Share Truth, Apply Scripture. You're not going to want to miss it.